Welcome to Technovation, a weekly conversation with people who are shaping the technology landscape. I'm Peter High, president of MetaStrategy, advisor to technology executives, Forbes columnist, book author, and your host. Each episode of Technovation features insights from top executives and thought leaders at the intersection of business, technology, and innovation. If you like what you hear, we'd be grateful if you give us a rating on iTunes or through whatever other source you use for podcasts. And please subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Thank you. My guest today is George Lotto. George is the Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer of Alexian Pharmaceuticals, a nearly $5 billion revenue organization focused on serving patients and families affected by rare diseases by providing highly innovative, life-changing therapies for the diseases it treats. Prior to joining Alexion, George spent 25 years at Merkin Company, most recently as Vice President. In this interview, we discuss the company's journey from on-premise to the cloud and the benefits that that change provided, Alexion's secret sauce to change management, and the firm's close relationship with external partners. We discuss how George works with the venture capital community, including why Alexion invests in smaller companies, the risk George took on Zoom back in 2016, and the win-win partnership between Alexion and the smaller companies it invests in and works with. Lastly, we discuss some of the lessons George has taken from the pandemic, how the social injustices that came to light in the year that has just passed are not new, George's take on new and emerging digital tools, and a variety of other topics. George Lotto, welcome to Technovation. It's great to speak with you today. Great to be here, Peter. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, George, uh, let's begin with your business. It's quite a dynamic business that I've been very pleased to get to know more about, but probably not a household name for everyone who might be listening. And so maybe you can take a quick moment and describe Alexion and the business that you're in, please. Yeah. Yeah, Peter. I work for this precious company um, headquartered out out of Boston, founded in New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, called Alexion Pharmaceuticals, and and the company's mission is to serve patients and families affected by by rare disease. And you know, we just we just don't say patients because um, we we believe that the the families, the caregivers, are just as impacted as as some of the patients as they provide the care. And we provide some pretty highly innovative, life changing therapies for for the diseases that that we treat. And and we believe that protecting, you know, things like information about patients and healthcare professionals, you know, who treat them is a is a key part of the mission. Very interesting. And talk a bit about your role as as chief information officer. Uh, no two roles are exactly the same, and you've been in this role for nearly six years now. Talk a bit about your purview as chief information officer. Yeah, I um I I, I came in 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 uh, January, uh, 2015 as as the chief information officer and. Um, I, there, there have been sort of three evolutions um, since since I've been at at Alexion, and 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 all as CIO. I keep using the same acronym. Um, when I, I I was hired as a chief information officer, but as I came in a couple of years later, 2017, uh, we we ran into a, a couple of speed bumps relative to to the business and and our pipeline, and I quickly became the chief information officer. Right. So when when there's when 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 there are things that happen and you have to adjust and 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 thankfully it was less than an eighteen month adjustment, um, you start to have to look at your cost right rather than your innovation and your growth and we weren't growing at that time and and so I was forced to look at the p and l and and how do we provide efficiency and productivity so for about fifteen sixteen months, I became the chief information officer, then I flipped back to the chief information officer and started working on things that a CIO should work on. 
and uh, the things, the seeds that we planted in 2015, and then the acceleration post 2017 has led to a foundation that has really served us well. And now I say I serve as the chief innovation officer, right? There's there's a lot of innovation that we we built on on the foundation, right? That we seeded in prior years. But that's been that's sort of how I I, I look at the evolution of myself as a CIO in the last five and three quarter years. That's really interesting, George. So in many ways, then the way you're describing it is um, setting up, uh, I, I'm fascinated by this cheap information officer that was really, really uh, interesting. But during it's during that period where you were, uh, if I'm understanding it correctly, setting up the department to enable this innovation phase that you're currently in. So, That's so, exactly right. so re- eliminating, re- reducing complexity, modernizing the way in which the organization did things. M- maybe take a quick moment and just give us a thumbnail sketch of some of the things that you undertook then. A- absolutely. So at the time, uh, we had a number of things that I saw were, um, were, were cost uh, prohibitive, if you will. Right. So we had a captive center in India. At the time, and and of all places, we had it in Mumbai, and I don't I don't know if you're familiar with Mumbai, Peter, but there's, there's an area of Mumbai called BKC, right? Think think of you know financials and jewelry, right? And and so that we were that's where we set our headquarters in India, and and we were one of the only companies at the time that actually provided equity to folks in India. Most companies didn't do that. And that's why there's a lot of attrition and things that happen. And so this is prior to me joining the company. Um, we really didn't want a lot of attrition because that was the, the, the stigma that India had. And so we wanted to keep the good people and they were really good people. Um, and we, we wanted to keep them for a long time. So we, we incented them by giving equity. And, and that ended up being a curse uh, because the cost in Mumbai continued to rise. And if you, if you look at the, the, what the market bared, in, in Mumbai versus a Chennai or Pune or Hyderabad, it was, you know, pretty much like Singapore, you know, versus Oklahoma, right? So, so it, 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 it got out of control. And that was, that was one area. The other was everything that we had was on-premise, right? Our, our servers, all of our machinery, the software, everything. We managed it. Our people managed it. Um, they were all in the Northeast. And, and so we took a hard look at cloud computing. And, and being in the pharmaceutical business, um, you know, starting, tw- you know, 2010, people were very apprehensive to move regulated data, GXP data um, out of our premises into someone else's hands. And we bit the bullet in, in, in 2016 and we moved to the cloud in record time, pretty much 14 months. We had moved everything out of our premises, whether it's in New Haven or otherwise globally into, into a hosted data center. And, and so... Um, we started going from a capital intensive, you're refreshing every three to four years. It's very expensive. It's a big check to write to now we're essentially buying by the drink and it's more operating expense versus capital driven. And that was a, that was a much better look for us because we could effectively plan year on year and, and understand what we would have to write checks for relative to our expansion or contraction. Very interesting. And talk a bit about what that meant for the team. I can understand that if this must have been a team that you found uh, and, and, and work with for, for a time that was focused on that capital intensive model and all of a sudden bring in best of breed technologies and paying by the drink, as you described, yeah. I have to imagine the makeup of your team is probably very different in the sorts of things they're focusing on, perhaps a bit more strategic at the same time. Talk a bit about that. Yeah, George, totally different. And we, we shifted from tactical to strategic, right? Very, very quickly. And and, um, you know, the team, the biggest component of it, Peter, was change management, 
Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I had to bring a team who I had to bring a team in who saw change their entire lives. It was no big deal, no sweat. Right. When when some big event happened, because, again, um, you know, taking a captive and eliminating it. Right. And and quickly shifting to the cloud. Those are huge change management initiatives and then moving to a managed service on top of that. And I will tell you that created a large level of angst in the organization, right? In terms of what's my role, um, where am I gonna be in the future? And, and, and is this the right place to, to, to work for given, given the direction that, that we, were, we were going in? And so leaders who are change managers and can sort of you know, cut back from commercial, see the future, and be able to articulate that future, it was just, it was that, that was a secret sauce. And, and, and again, you're not going to avoid the angst early on, but when you're provided the vision and you start to see the steps to the vision, it's, it's, it's totally, totally different. And so we, we took people on, on that journey. Um, what wasn't easy, um, but we, we bought folks on the journey and, and not that we laugh about it today, but we talk about it today in terms of, wow, we actually thought we were all going to lose our jobs. And look at us now, right? I'm, I'm two promotions later down the road and, you know, we're doing a nice job. And so, it's, you know, people are feeling much better because we took them out of a tactical sort of, you know, position and role where they were, you know, maybe managing servers or managing software. You know, now they're in program management, right? Now they're thinking about data science. Now they're CISSPs, right, in, in cyber. And so it's more strategic transformational versus the, the tactic. And that's the vision we tried to give them. They didn't believe us at first, but we brought them on the journey. And now they're like, oh, okay, you told the truth. What's next? <laughs> it's really interesting, George. And this is an organization, a company that's gone through remarkable growth. You've told me in a past conversation that just eight years prior to you joining, this was an organization in the tens of millions of dollars in revenue. By the time you joined multiple billions and that growth continues yeah. now, I can only imagine, of course, that uh, the steps you've undertaken have made that growth a bit easier than it would have been had you been changing out and sort of uh, continuing to add hard iron to your infrastructure throughout that journey. But part of what you're describing is really assembling an ecosystem around you uh, yes. to be able to foster that growth and and do so in an effective and resilient fashion. Um, I want to talk to talk about a couple different layers of that ecosystem. You you chose a, um, a series of external partners, uh, you know, strategic vendor partners of various kinds, and you also uh, developed some really interesting and nuanced partnerships with the venture capital community. No doubt, yes. uh, among other partnerships that you've established, I'd love to maybe we talk about the. Uh, the strategic vendor partners uh, and approach to that first, and then we move on to the venture capitalists, if you would, George. Sure, sure. I I, I wish um, I wish I, I could bring one of them with me or a couple of them with me um, to this discussion and podcast, Peter. I, it, it'd be a, a really interesting one because um, what what I what I tried to do, and I think I've achieved, is I I wanted a small ecosystem of strategic partners, and and you know I told them, listen. I need you. I need you to 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 put risk, right? I need you to take on some risk as as you're as you're coming into into my company, and and I promise you, if you deliver, I'm going to pay for that performance. And and so there were some that walked away, hmm. and and I've 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 never done business, and they've tried to sell they've tried to sell me, and and they never made it simply because of that experience. And there were a handful, a half dozen that came in and stepped up and said, listen, we understand where you are. We understand where you wanna go. And by the way, we know your history because some of them I've worked with in the past. We, 
let's let's put this together. What whatever it was, it could have been managed service around infrastructure, applications, help desk. There were various compliance, GXP, program management. There there were half a dozen that I that I call I start I I call them today my family, and I wish they were with me today because they they'd say that as well. And and what I did, and I I, I recall the, our first meeting. Um, when I when I got together with them a year later, and I I called it the head of the families meeting, you know, almost like you know like the Godfather, right? And you, and you bring the heads of the families, and so I I asked each company to bring an executive in, and and the one plea and commitment that I that I made to them was, listen, um, when I in the summer because I'm in the Northeast, in the summer when I go to a barbecue, and you know I love wearing the Alexion T-shirt, and and I love wearing it because one. You know, family either know who I work for, and I remind them that I work for Alexion, or if they don't, they ask me what's Alexion, and I get to talk about Alexion. So I'm wearing the T-shirt, and I'm proudly talking about the brand and the company and what we do. And people go, "Oh, wow!" And and so I I I ask them for that commitment to wear the Alexion T-shirt, the virtual Alexion T-shirt, such that they understand my business as well as I do. But when they're outside of me, they're talking about us like they work for us, hmm. right? And and so we've developed this really cool relationship where every end of year where I develop when I develop objectives I sit down with those six for for literally 12 hours and I go into deep deep strategy and I'll bring in the CFO I'll bring in the CMO I'll bring in the CCO and we'll spend real time that they never get with other companies talking about strategy for the following year so then they can concoct their run at how they're going to help us meet our strategy for that year, and and that's that's a really humbling meeting, right? It's non-disclosure, right? And it's hey guys, we're putting it on the table. Here are our challenges for next year, and we need you to help us with those. Yeah, that's and very interesting. And, and and talk about your your relationship with the VC community and the way in which you think about the value that you add to them and they add to you. Yeah, I mean, this is the this is the. Um, the evolution into chief innovation officer, right? And and again, it's not a sequential thing, right? I, I talked about it like it was sequential, but it it you, you are that, right? You might be in parallel, a chief and an innovator at the same time, right? <laughs> and 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 that's the I mean that's the way CIOs need to pivot given given business situations. But no, in in 2016, I created this really interesting um, ecosystem, and I had I had some previous experience with the prior company that I was with, um, but we we really took it to a next level where. I had developed a number of really um, close relationships with with five VCs uh, in 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 the Palo Alto area, and really deep, like you know how how are you doing? They they would bring me companies, et cetera, and and so what I wanted to establish, Peter, was in 2016, I wanted to take my entire leadership team, which I did, and again, these I call them the Avengers. These are the these are the leaders that I bought in to kind of help with this evolution that I talked about earlier, and I still call them to this day the Avengers. And so I picked up the Avengers. We got on a on a on a on a flight, a United flight, and we and we get to Palo Alto. And this is this is this is end of February. We do this every end of February. And what happens, Peter, is in in November we talk to our business about what are the challenges, similar to the external, our strategic partners. We we talk to our our partners. We look at our roadmaps, and we ask of the business what what are those things that are the key challenges that give us the two to three things that are your challenges. And, and they'll, they'll talk about things like, um, you know, identification of um, doctors who are serving patients that 
um, you know, might, might, might have a rare disease in, in their, in their jurisdiction, right. Or somewhere in that, in that particular zip code, um, you know, the, the in, in that particular year, 2016, it was about cloud computing, et cetera. And, and so what, what we do is we feed these challenges into the, the VCs and, and that gives the VCs about two to three months to build a pipeline of companies that are going to, are going to front our challenges. And, and so we do a 12 to 15 minute pitch right? For, for each, um, what I call three guys and a dog, right? Each VC will bring us, will bring us close to maybe nine to 12, three guys and a dog that have a really good idea that are going to front our challenge. And so for that particular week, and we spend the entire week, and it's probably the most exhausting week of the year for me, we see literally 40 companies, right? 40 companies that we, we, um, you know, we get, to, we get to talk to. And of those 40 companies, there's probably three to 5% that we bring back and we ask them to take some risk or we'll write them a small check to see how they can perform. And, and it's either, you know, quick success or rapid failure. And, and, and we know that very, very, very quickly. And, and so 2016 was largely around infrastructure because we were building foundation. Um, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you um, the names of the companies that we found in 2016. Okay. Please. Um, a company called Zoom. <laughs> right? This is, this is that we're using right now. This is before, yeah, this is before Zoom was Zoom, right? Exactly. And and by the way, I bought that I bought that company to my company, and people looked at me like um, a dog watching television, <laughs> right? I mean, they they came to me and said, "You're going to replace Skype. You're going to replace WebEx." I mean, that that it was the dog watching television look. And some people are saying, "Why would you bet your job on something like this?" And I'm like, "What?" And 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 so um, I've got a great relationship with Eric, and I I love him to death, and and talk to him quite a bit. And, but that was, you know, we took risks on companies like that, that were, they're, they're not four, you know, fourth quadrant companies they are not top right. Right. I mean, they're zoom on in. I wouldn't even call them emerging at the time, but Eric had such a fantastic story when he pitched in terms of how he came from WebEx to zoom and, and his vision of, of capacity and delighting the customer that was so it was, it, it resonated so much with us as someone who looks to delight a patient. And so I connected with him very, very quickly. And so Zoom, Okta, DocuSign, right? Uh, all, these are all 2016, 2017 companies that we kind of put in our suitcase wow. and, and, and bought back and, and utilized heavily. And, and so as we move from infrastructure into business, we started looking at, and, and we're still looking at companies like Noom, right? Where they have a business model that doesn't fit ours, but perhaps they could change that business model. And maybe it could fit our model for patient adherence for, for our products. And, and so we're, we're talking to folks and we're changing their business models to fit ours. And we're co-developing that, right? And for me, that's an intellectual property play that's, that's really cool because I can't do that with an SAP. I can't do that you know, with an Accenture. I can't do that with a Microsoft, right? Just to, get, just to get into discussion and think about that, I got to write a check for $10 million. Yeah. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. In some ways, paying forward what you were asking your the large vendor partners, your original six amigos, uh, uh, to your family, as you put it before, uh, to do like to to make investments in their own ways. Uh, in Alexion's journey, you're making investments in these smaller companies' journeys yeah. to foster the relationship forward. And and the great thing of this, Peter, is that one, we get out and you know we we get to relax our brains in terms of work, right? On the other side for a week. We get to see these companies who are 
cutting edge. Our VCs are really happy because um, they're getting exposure to you know a, a large cap company who may, in fact, bring them bring them into their company. And what what happens when that happens? We become an anchor for them. Yeah. Right. So Eric will tell you that that we became a life sciences anchor for Zoom when 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 we became that. And and because of the you know really favorable terms and conditions that we got, I advocated for him. Mm-hmm. Right when when he needed to sell to you know X company or Y company, yeah. and that's how we help each other. Right, I, I get great technology, great thinking, a good team, small, evolving, emerging, and they get really good advice. They get sometimes they get a check that gets written, and and it, and they get good reputation behind them. So it's really a, a win win at the end of the day. That's very interesting. I appreciate you sharing those anecdotes. And it, 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 you know, it, it uh, strikes me that several of the examples you gave of those 2016 investments have come in quite handy during this pandemic. A Zoom, a DocuSign, to take two of the examples you get, you've given companies that have blown up for for good reason during these times when business can't be done, uh, you know, hand to hand and in the same room in the same way. Right. Uh, and so, so, so launching into a, a brief conversation about the pandemic itself, as we're having this conversation, we are still in the throes of it, and still, uh, you know many of us were working from home and at a distance talk a little bit about some of your own lessons of of this the the of 2020 so far and you know kind of what you the, the indelible marks you feel that this may have even post pandemic both positive as well as some of the challenges that you, that you've foreseen or you've seen uh, rather sure no i mean you know what pandemic i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> is it only no. where i live <laughs> i i've um I'd like to think I've I've adjusted quite nicely to it, um, but no, there I mean there will be long long term effects, no no doubt. Um, and as you know, I I know that the you know people kind of throw the term new normal. Um, for me, it's it's just the next, right? There's going right. to be a next, and and the, and that next isn't a target. It's it's going to be something that evolves into into something else. And I I think the generation. Um, before us is actually going to learn and and adapt to this quite quickly as as they think about things like um, business continuity and and how do you and it, you know which is which is real interesting um, and 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 thankfully we didn't have to go through it but I've I have so many folks in the network and and actually family that that I've spoken to that um, you know they 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 worked at companies and actually you know one one friend has is actually headed up business continuity for a large company. And they had done a fantastic job at business continuity, right? They they had disaster recovery sites. They had this going on, SunGuard. Everything's replicated. What the pandemic taught him, and it's actually a lesson for me, Peter, is doesn't matter how well you're prepared, if your supplier or your customer doesn't exist, you're toast. Right. You are and you you are toast. So the millions and millions of dollars that companies have spent right to to make sure that they're protected. That was an artificial bubble, right? Artificial bubble, and 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 that's a big one. And and for me, the learning is, you've got to understand the ecosystem that you're in, right? And understand what 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 are the what are the protection approaches that you should have, you know, if something like this would happen. And again, no one, none of us would have predicted this, but we all war gamed earthquakes and tsunamis. And cyber strikes, right? And ransomware, and and we've all done that, but we've never really thought about, you know, what's the what's the ecosystem on the side? If our clients impacted, we're not selling to them. Yeah. If our suppliers impacted, we can't make it. Yeah. And and so it's 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 really interesting. And 
there are these, um, I, I see these new players starting to arise and I've already seen it out of some of the big players where they're starting to sell sensing technology on where things may occur ahead of time so you can plan to pivot from one market to another. So if they see something starting in China, how quickly can we pivot to Germany? How quickly could we pivot to Malaysia? Yeah. How quickly could we pivot to Vietnam? Right. And and so they're 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 already selling these sensors, which I, I don't know if I still believe in those things, because no one can predict what's really gonna happen. Yeah. Um, with with time to react and and actually not impact. But um it's it's I think it's when it's interesting learning, and I think some really cool technologies and approaches are gonna are gonna are gonna rise above this, right? The yeah. Phoenix will rise. Yeah, exactly. I also want to ask you, George, um, as as a uh, as a leader of color, this has been quite a trying time. As as uh, so many of us have come face to face with realities that have been here for quite some time, but perhaps with a new emphasis on the social and racial inequity in our country. And, and I, I wonder, you know, your own reflections as as a um, as a, a member of that community. Uh, but also, I'm, I'm curious if you have thoughts about the role that technology or technology leaders might play to counteract some of the issues that have that have once again reared their ugly heads. Right. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. I've got I've got a, a number of opinions on on that, Peter. But no. What 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 happened in this country um, this year is absolutely despicable. And and what I keep telling people is it's not any different. It's just that you're now seeing it on camera. Right? I mean, I I I grew up in the Bronx. Right. And 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 when I graduated college, I I moved to uh, New Jersey and Pennsylvania and I saw it firsthand. I saw it firsthand. Um I had an officer, you know, ask me um if this was my car. Right. Mm. And, and and I mean these are these are things right that just tip you off right and um, it it's it's so it's happened um, I've seen it off camera um, where the 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 world is just now seeing it you know on camera I mean Rodney King all of that right yeah. and it now now it's just you know we we all have iPhones and and it's so it's despicable it always has been what I think is is um has really changed is we've risen we've risen above it and we're doing something about it um and and there i mean it's not and it's not just um black and brown people right there are a lot of white males white females right south you know south south asians that are all rising up and 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 actually pounding the table which is really really good and and i'm i mean a number of companies that i'm dealing with now didn't have you know, diversity, inclusion, belonging, you know, some call it DE&I, they're all rising up. Diversity officers, um, it's, it's fantastic. And, and I don't see it as, as reactive. Um, I just see it as we're tired of it. We are absolutely tired of it and we're going to do something about it. Now, to your point of being a technologist and, and doing something about it, um, I, I'm a big advocate of um, STEM and 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 supporting STEM and and the digital divide has always been one of my one of my hot points and and so in the um, in the May timeframe I got a call from one of my favorite athletes in the world I didn't personally um, but but someone at my company who went to the same school that he did um, got a call from Jerome Bettis ah and and my, yep he's my one of my favorite athletes Pittsburgh Steelers are my favorite favorite football team or favorite team in the world. And and um, they're such a classy team, and I, I admire their 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 um 
you know, the, the, the leadership, the ownership, et cetera. But, 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 but Jerome called um, one, of, one of his college, not teammates, but someone who went to school with him and said, hey, listen, um, I'm running the Jerome Bettis Foundation in Pittsburgh. And um, we, we, you know, as, as kids are being pulled out of school, they don't have technology, whether it's internet or the actual compute to be able to connect to school. And these are, these are the inner city kids, right? And, and you know, he, he basically said, you know, 60% have it, 40% don't. And, and I'm just calling and asking uh, for, for technology donations. And, and um, this person called me and he mentioned Jerome Bettis. And I said, what does he need? <laughs> <laughs> and, and anyway, I mean, you know, fast forward about four weeks later, you know, we had shipped about 200 iPads to Jerome mm, and, wow. and his foundation. And so that, that's just one of the things that I love to get involved in. When I hear people are in need that can't get to what, what I see, I mean, it's gotten to the point, Peter, that I see all of this as water and dial tone, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the fact, you know, internet, the ability to connect and, and, and make ourselves aware, the fact that I can YouTube anything, right? I'm, I'm an electrician now. I'm a plumber because of YouTube only because of YouTube. And I've just gotten so complacent and used to it um, that, you know, when I, when I hear people don't have it and they, what do you mean they can't? Okay. Let me, what can I do as a company that, you know, that has a lot of resource behind it in terms of either manpower or uh, hardware or software that, you know, we're getting ready to abandon that can help people that are in need. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm in that rise up mode and, and, and looking, looking to, to, you know, to help the community as, as much as I can with whatever resources we have. That's wonderful. Let, let's, let's hope certainly that this added uh, awareness uh, brings better, better results uh, as a result of that. It certainly would be a silver lining of, of a year that, that requires one, many of them wherever we can seek them and find them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I worked for a company that, that I worked for the company that invented chicken pox and measles. Right. And if you hear the stories, obviously I wasn't alive back then, but when I got to the company and I heard the stories of how chicken pox and measles were killing people, right? I, I, I look at this whole internet thing, right? And obviously it's not, it's not as, as, as impactful as, as, as death, right? But I, I think of the internet and, and access to information, you know, we need to solve that like chicken pox and measles. Mm-hmm. We've, we've got, we have to solve for that. And how do we do it? Influencing government, right? So I've, I've gotten involved in influencing government. We have a fantastic government affairs group who wrote me in to talking to local government about the cool things that we're doing for rare diseases to help them help us. And, and so, you know, these, these, are the, these are the neat things that a company like us is in a position in to, to kind of help, help our communities. That's wonderful. Last question for you, George. I wondered, we've talked about a number of rising trends and their application to an organization like Alexion. Any others as you look two or three years out that are starting to make their way under your roadmap? And, and if so, why? Yeah, no. So there, there, there are a couple that are really interesting. Um, one, and, and you know, both they have digital in front of it, which scares people. Um, but di- <laughs> digital extended reality is, is, um, is one that, uh, that we've started to dabble in. And I'll, I'll tell you how, how so. Um, we, we were, as, as far as I know, the first um, biotech company to merge. Um, we, we, you know, we, we announced a merger with a company called Portola in South San Francisco um, back in 
It was the March time. No, it was the the April timeframe, I believe. It may have even been May. I'm not quite sure. Um, but we 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 made that announcement sight unseen, right? So you couldn't get on a plane. Right. So it definitely had to be, you know, post, you know, mid-March. That's right. So we we made the decision as a business to 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 merge and and acquire that company sight unseen. And and as we went um, through the through the merger, you know, obviously before, when you announce and you close, there's this period of due diligence, right? In terms of you know making a deal happen, making sure there are no regulatory issues. And what we what we did, Peter, was really novel. And I don't know if you if you're familiar with Oculus. Yeah, sure. But but we we went to an Oculus type platform, not necessarily Oculus. It was a company yeah, yeah. out of Jersey. Um, and, Virtual and, reality. Yeah, and we and and so we used we used Oculus. To we we sent Oculus uh, like uh, glasses to South San Francisco, and then in Boston and New Haven, we sat on laptops and went through the entire facility. Wow! The entire the labs, right? We you know we were looking at social distancing, right? How's the social distancing going on? The the you know the telephone closets where all the networking equipment is, um, the cafeterias. So our facilities managers they were giddy. Right, because they couldn't get on a plane, but now they're getting as close to reality as as they could. I think there's such a market for that, and and in our world, you know, we've got manufacturing facilities. You know, you think about um, folks who, you know, we have facilities in Ireland, and there are folks from Italy or from the U.S. that have to fly to Ireland to calibrate and 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 maintain that equipment because they work for those companies that that do the calibration. Think of. Think of digital extended reality, right? Relative to, okay, I don't have to fly out. Someone put on the glasses, you know, you see that screw right there? Turn, turn it a half inch or replace that. That doesn't look good, right? Okay, I've, I've, I've just, you know, I've just performed my maintenance and my calibration. Thank you very much. Here's half the price for my time because I didn't have to, I didn't have to fly, no travel expenses. We're, we're good. And there's so many applications for that, Peter, that I think are, are, um, are, are called for. And, you know, the question is how, you know, how and when do we go there? So that's the first one. The second one, which which um, I've 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 read about and I'm, I'm I'm really starting to get excited about is this thing called digital twin. I, I don't know if you read about digital twin. I have sure. But in our world, Peter, in the medical, the clinical world, think about digital twin, right? I mean, today, um, you know, we, we got we have to experiment on a on a on a rat. Right, we'll have to experiment on a monkey, whatever you know, whatever whatever it is, to 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 be able to prove that we can go to human. Right, and and so you, there's a certain protocol that you have that you have to go through. Think about a digital twin. That's a human, where I've learned everything that they do. Right, every artery, every cell, and I build that digital twin, and I run a trial on that twin, and 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 get real results that now I don't have to use an animal model, right? And I don't have to um, get a, get a, a human in there, mm-hmm. right? And, and so I could get, I may be able to get results much, much faster. I might be able to get to an outcome um, from a phase one through three perspective and approval much quicker. And that, I mean, that to me, that the excitement of thinking about how digital co- could accelerate the trials is just, it's just phenomenal. Yeah. 
Those are great examples, George. Thank you. Well, George Lotto, thank you so much for joining uh, me today on Technovation. It's been a phenomenal story learning more about this remarkable journey you've been on in this fast-growing organization, the the ways in which you've modernized your practices, going from the, the chief information officer to the chief information officer, back to CIO, and then to chief innovation officer where you sit now. At the ecosystem that you have marshaled, uh, your own insights about the pandemic and and uh, racial inequality and ways in which we might be able to find some silver linings uh, in some otherwise unfortunate situations. It's been a really fantastic conversation, George. Thank you. No, Peter, thanks for having me and congratulations on the 500 podcast. Thank I'm you. just so happy and honored to be part of that that esteemed company. I I I feel better now and 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 one getting to know you. Um, has been has been phenomenal for me. So th- thank you for your time and thanks for having me. No, it's a great pleasure. The pleasure's mine, George. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Please join me on Wednesday when my guest will be Rhonda Gass, the Chief Information Officer of Stanley Black & Decker.